And hello to each and every one of you out there. Welcome to the Threes on Fire podcast. It is the Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen of podcasting today, along with Sadell Boyd. I am Irving Henderson. Uh, we are going to continue our discussion on this upcoming NFL season. Today we have the NFC and AFC North for discussion. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Milton uh, dealing with some personal issues uh, will not be on today's show, so we won't have our fantasy pickups for you today. And John Eli, uh, yeah, I don't know where he's at. He's somewhere in the ethos, somewhere. Uh, hopefully uh, we get John on the program uh, before uh, we get to our season preview fully when we will have our predictions on records and who's going to the Super Bowl and everything like that. But let's start the conversation with the AFC North, and we will pick up talking about the division winners first, and we'll go in order in how they finished last season. So, of course, that means we are going to start this by talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals last year finished 10-7. and seven. They are the defending AFC champions. However, they lost the Super Bowl 23-20 to 20 to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, their biggest pickups this offseason, their offensive line needed help. Yes. And they picked up tackle Lyle Collins and center Ted Karras. Uh, their biggest departure from the year is uh, guard Trey Hopkins. Now, Hopkins is actually still a free agent right now. There is talk that the Bengals could find a way to pick him up at a cheaper price than what they were paying him uh, before releasing him during the offseason. Uh, so that's my one question uh, about the Bengals this year. Uh, are they the favorites to repeat as AFC champions? The favorites? Oh, no. No, they're not the favorites to repeat as the AFC champions. No? <laughs> no. Okay, let's, el- let's elaborate on this a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to give me your favorites to win the AFC. But, okay. Okay. Um, let me let me just put it like this though, man. Like, I mean, it's not like the the Chiefs and Bills are going anywhere, so it's not. <laughs> it, it, right. it's, it's extremely difficult to come by the the AFC at this point. Okay, I I agree with that. Um, I would I would I would lean towards saying no that they aren't the favorites, but they're definitely in the mix. Oh, and they're, the mix they're, definitely. they're definitely in the mix. And, and when you improve upon what was the glaring issue from a season ago, I mean, you got to figure they're, they're somewhere in there. They're, they're, they got to be somewhere in there, in, 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 at the top of the list. Maybe not the top, but they got to be somewhere at the top of the list. Oh, yeah, they're amongst the top. They're, they're, they're right in contention. Mm-hmm. But but as far as being like a overwhelming favorite or mm-hmm. just a, a favorite in general, I mean you can ask probably different people and get a different answer on that. So I'm not going to call them the, the favorites. Okay. All right. And what is Cincinnati's toughest three game stretch of the year? All right. So <clears throat> uh, it's, they really have a toughest four game stretch coming down at the end of the season. And I'm going to give you all four. I'm going to give them all four to you. Okay. Okay. So starting December 18th, 
they go at the Buccaneers. Then on the 24th, they go at the Patriots. Then on January 2nd, they have a home game against the Bills. And their last game is a home game against the Ravens on the 8th. Yeah. So I had to include all four of those games. I can see that. And, and I think I think maybe I mean I mean, even if you took that Ravens uh week eighteen game out of there, yeah, that that's still a crazy stretch. Oh, uh, well, I don't know if you can take it out because I mean I'm sure the Ravens gonna be on their heels. I mean, <laughs> unless they got the division sewn up. But, oh I mean okay. Well, I I can't wait to get I can't wait to get to my question that I have about the Ravens with you saying that, right? So I, I think I think I think you kind of just answered my question about the Ravens. But uh, before we get to the Ravens, let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, who finished nine seven and one last year. They backdoored <laughs> because the Los Angeles Chargers decided that you know. They didn't want to take a tie. Uh, if they had taken the tie, they would have made the playoffs. Uh, we will definitely talk about that uh, next week when we get to the AFC West. Uh, the Steelers, however, were in over their heads anyway. They lost 42-21 to to the Chiefs in the wild card game. Uh, their biggest pickup during the offseason was linebacker Miles Jack. Uh, their biggest departure, it's got to be quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, you lose a franchise quarterback uh, to retirement. It was it was time for him to go. Um, yeah. He will be replaced as the starter uh, by Mitchell Trubisky. So my question is based around him. Uh, can Mitchell Trubisky resurrect his career in Pittsburgh? Um, I don't think he will. <laughs> um, oh, okay. He exactly. is who he is. Yeah, he kind of is who he is. Okay. I mean, every every opportunity with the Bears to to try to make something out of nothing, and I mean, he's very just inconsistent. Okay. Well, I don't think he was that bad. Like, I think like like the team was bad, but I don't think Trubisky was like really. I don't think he was awful. No, he wasn't I, awful, I, but. He's not gonna elevate your team, I would mm-hmm. say. He's kind of like one of those guys that's just he would be good in a team that's already built up, right? But he also, you know, I don't know. There's certain aspects of his game that that isn't fine tuned yet. I mean, mm-hmm. I still think he actually, I think actually, he just needs a little bit more development, and uh, it wouldn't hurt to not have to run for your life every down <laughs> as, right. as he was with the Bears. So maybe, you know, maybe with a more stable offensive line situation and, uh, well, I don't even know what the Steelers have as, as weapons. So, Well, you were saying something about uh, the Steelers drafting uh, Kenny Pickett. So I guess uh, if, if things don't, if things don't start off well with Trubisky, the Steelers at the very least have this kid, you know, on the roster who I I, I, I kind of figure maybe will end up pulling a Roethlisberger this year. What I mean by that is I could see the Steelers inserting him into the starting lineup yeah. if 
if Trubisky is shaky those first couple of weeks of the season. And that was a that was another thing I was about to say. I was about to say he's probably going to be on a short leash. So his margin for error isn't going to be that high anyways. Mm-hmm. All right, and what is the Steelers' <laughs> toughest three-game stretch? Okay, their toughest three-game stretch uh, is actually going to come in October. Mm-hmm. They go uh, on the ninth. They go at the Bills. The 16th, they're at home against the Bucks, And then the 23rd, they go to the Dolphins. Okay. Uh, one quick thing of note here, even though you don't have it in their three-game stretch, the Steelers play the Eagles this year. Um, as wild as it may seem, uh, the Steelers have not won in Philadelphia uh, since the 1960s. Yeah. That's kind of like, like, wait, so you're telling me even when the Steelers were in the midst of their uh, steel curtain regime, they came to Philadelphia and did not get a win. And, yeah, they didn't. The, the Eagles uh, have not lost it. I think it was the 65 season. I'll have to look it up. I'll have that for you uh, before we close out the show. Uh, the Eagles, on, on the other side of that, the Eagles have not won in Pittsburgh since 2000. All right, uh, on to the Cleveland Browns. The Browns finished 8-9. and nine. Uh, Their biggest pickup. Wide receiver Amari Cooper, and yes, I went with Amari Cooper, and not who we will talk about next. Uh, <laughs> uh, their biggest departure was tight end Austin Hooper. Um, so let's just get right into it because it is my question about the Browns. Uh, will having the circus-like atmosphere surrounding Deshaun Watson work out in the long run? In the long run. Mm-hmm. All right, so how long of a long run are we talking about? Is the entire year or years to come? <laughs> both. We can say both. The, 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 this season and moving forward. Now, I have to say, now, uh, this- before, before, before you answer that, before you answer that, I want to say this. Um, anyone that does not know, uh, Deshaun Watson has been suspended for the first six games of the regular season. He is uh, playing in the preseason. He did not look good the other night at all, but he hasn't played in such a long time. You expect there to be some rust there. Yeah. yeah. The league is appealing the suspension. They want him banged out for the entire year. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I don't expect it to. I think think the league has sort of kind of boxed themselves in. As far as the uh, consistency of suspensions and and what the, what they've what what they've done, so I think six is going to be where it sticks and stays at. It could possibly go up to eight. I don't see him getting suspended for the entire season. But what were you about to say now? Well, I was gonna, well I had, first I said it's been very inconsistent as far mm-hmm. as suspensions go. But uh, <laughs> I was going to say that that joke that uh, I heard made on the show that he was uh, stiff and tight. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, also, I was also going to say, well, you know, um, about this uh, 
process of appealing. Like, I mean, they, they have these uh, arbitrators, these third parties. And I thought that, you know, that's for a reason. Like, I mean, how can the league want to appeal? I mean, I get, no, not that they want to, but how can they do the appealing when they're kind of like the jurisdiction? You get me? Right. It's like, it's like, it's like if you went on trial for doing something and you got off and then the court saying, no, we want to overturn, try to overturn the judgment of you being innocent. Right. Right. That, that's like kind of wacky to me because it's like, what's the whole point of even having that third party if you go try to supersede them? By, yeah, by I, call, I agree with that. I call it in another. Like, I don't, I don't like that part of it. Not to say that Deshaun probably doesn't deserve more games or whatever, but that's that's neither here or there when there's already been uh, 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 a jurisdiction on his uh, case and his uh, punishment has been, you know, dealt out. Yeah, the decision was made. I think the decision should be the decision. I don't yeah. think the league should be able should be allowed to try and overrule a decision like they had a third party involved in this I don't understand the need to go through that whole process again I, I honestly think that it's a slippery slope now and the players association is going to find some way to step in on this because you, you just said it so what's what's the purpose of having this procedure be in place if the league can make a determination that they will go over top of the third party that they asked to sit in on the original decision. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Yep. All right. What is their toughest three game stretch? Um, um, oh yeah. Well, you did ask the original question. Uh, so. You oh asked, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wait, you didn't answer the circus, the circus around this guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in years to come, I think it'll, you know, it'll kind of wash itself away over time. That's kind of as long as as long as Deshaun performs. But uh, this season, mm-hmm. this is going to be a mess. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 thinking we're looking at something along the levels of uh, Mike Vick as an Eagle in 2009. Yeah. As far yeah. as just the, the circus, you know, around everything that's going on. Because, I mean, I, I remember how many people were saying they'll never watch an Eagles game again after the Eagles signed Vic because of the whole, you know, dogfighting thing. Um, yeah, I, you're, it's going to be the same thing in Cleveland. But you saw what happened once Vic uh, 2010. Uh-huh. The very next year, like that, that noise started to go down further and further. The better Mike Vick played. Winning cures all. Yep. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, back to the Browns' toughest three-game stretch. Okay, loud. Uh, so this is this is a recurring thing with uh, <laughs> the 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 Browns also have. Uh, well, there's there's just going to be in October instead of November. I mean, I mean, it's going to be in November instead of October. But starting on the 13th of November, they have at the Dolphins, then at the Bills, then 
at home versus the Bucks, which sounds familiar to the Steelers because those are the same three teams that the Steelers play <laughs> in a row, yeah. just yeah. at a different point in the season. Well, I think we, we ran into that when we did uh, one of the divisions last week where yeah. these teams have a similar, like, three-game stretch uh, with the same three teams. Right. Or at least two of the same three or teams in that stretch. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, finally, we'll wrap up the AFC North with the Baltimore Ravens. They also finished eight and nine. Uh, their biggest pickup in the offseason was safety Marcus Williams. Uh, their biggest departures, they lost two wide receivers. They lost Sammy Watkins and Marquise Brown. Uh my question goes back to what we talked about earlier uh, when we were talking about the Bengals. Uh, was last year a blip, or are the Ravens, like, stuck in this position that they're in right now? Uh, what do you mean by stuck in the position? You mean it's last place? <laughs> um, well, last place, eight and nine, finishing under 500. Like, are they, you know okay. – so Are we they, about to see the downfall of the Ravens, or was last year like it was just one of those years? No, 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 no. I think uh, last year was more so one of just one of those years, and mm -hmm. uh, especially especially this year in particular. Um, right. We just talked about the the Browns and the Steelers, and I mean, I don't expect much out of them considering their situations. We we just spoke about the Sean situation for the Browns and. And the Steelers are basically trying to find out their quarterback situation as well. Mm -hmm. uh, those should those should lead. I'm not going to necessarily say the easy wins, but they should pick up wins against those teams, and uh, that should put them right on the heels of the Bengals to at least try to contend for uh, the title, the division title. Mm -hmm. And well, I'm uh, telling. Now I can I cannot wait until our like full fledged uh, right. preview to see to see where you have the Ravens at see if you actually have them back on top or if you have the Bengals still at the top of the division. One more thing I would say that uh, you know another thing is the fact of that the injuries man the, the Ravens went through so many injuries last year. Right, that's yeah. you would think that that can't happen two years in a row. Yeah, you yeah. I mean, sometimes yeah, sometimes it's it's a lightning strike. Sometimes you know it it becomes who you are. Unfortunately, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I and mean, as an Eagles fan, I am I am all too aware of it becoming who you are with injuries somewhere in the season to like key players every year. Yeah, it's some it's, it's some up with Philadelphia and they they <laughs> they they uh. They're, they're training or sports uh, sports medicine parts of the game. I swear. It's that water off the schuylkill, man. I'm telling you. It's that water off the schuylkill. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The, the, the water from the schuylkill be getting into their the training camp facilities or something. Got to be, man. Got to be. Every, every, every team, every year, it's something. Right. <laughs> All right, uh, what is the Ravens' toughest three-game stretch of the year? All right, uh, they actually hit their toughest three-game stretch kind of early in the year, or very early mm -hmm. in the year. Um, starting uh, September the 25th, they go at the Patriots, 
Then they have a home game versus the Bills. Then they have a home game versus the Bengals. Okay. All right, there it is. We have your AFC North uh, conversation all set and done. We're going to move on and talk about the NFC North on the other side. Uh, You are listening to the Threes on Fire podcast. All right, we are back with the Threes on Fire podcast. Uh, Let's start off with our awards for the week. John's not here, so by default, I'm going to give out Dumbass of the Week, and it will go to, oh, boy, San Diego Padres player Fernando Tatis Jr. Here you have a team in the middle, in the middle of a playoff push. They're, they're kind of in that mix for one of those wild card spots. The last thing you need is to lose one of your players. And Tatis was suspended 80 games for a uh, performance-enhancing drug uh, violation. Uh, <laughs> he, he took something. Uh, he said he took it for ringworm. Right? <laughs> right. And – I, I looked up what this drug is is used for. Mm. Um, if he had ringworm, I want I want you people to understand something. I'm not going to get too graphic because this is not unfiltered. But <laughs> if he had ringworm, he didn't have it in his hair. Okay. Ooh. Oh no. All right. <laughs> he kind of had it down there. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so my man had. He he basically had an an, an STD. Mm. Took something that mm. was against league policy and got popped. Eighty games, which means he will miss the rest of this season, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Even if they make the postseason, he'll miss all of those games, and he's gonna miss the start of next year. Now, the truth of the matter is, he was rehabbing from an injury. So he hasn't been with the team pretty much all season. But that's not the point. The point is you expect to get this guy back soon. He was he had done a, a rehab assignment, right? So you're expecting within the coming days and weeks, he's going to return to the fold and nope, 80 games, done. Not appealing it, not fighting it, none of that. Uh yeah, and, and and there are there are people who think that the Padres organization knew that this was a possibility, so that's why they went out and traded for Juan Soto. That's not the case. Uh, the general manager and the owner have both come out and said uh, they had no idea that this was coming, and they kind of blasted off on him, you know, like basically <laughs> calling him selfish. You know, and and immature, like like. <laughs> this is not what you need. Not, not what you need. <laughs> oh man, that and, I, and and everyone should know, and that's my thing. Everyone should know. Uh, if you're gonna take something, you have to call. They have a number. They actually have a hotline to call right. to say, "Hey, listen, is this okay or no?" And they'll tell him, like, no, you can't take that. He knew. He just didn't make the phone call. 
<laughs> simple All right, procedure. Uh, yeah, yeah, simple procedure that could have been taken care of, but I guess next time he'll go to CVS and get some Lotrimin AF or go see his doctor or whatever the case may be. He definitely won't be doing that again. And you know what? I have I have so many inappropriate jokes that I cannot yeah. say because we're not unfiltered. So I'll let that linger on and you can figure out the rest. Uh so now who's your person of the week? Okay, so uh I brought this to the uh chat um uh-huh. earlier in the week and uh person of the week is uh this young boy, man, baseball player. Uh his name is Isaiah Jarvis. Uh, 12-year-old kid on the Oklahoma Little League team. Right. And uh, y'all saw the video. Uh, he was at bat and got hit in the head by a pitch that went uh, awry from Texas East pitcher Caden Shelton. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like I said, he got hit in the head, and he, he immediately dropped to the ground and appeared to be really hurt, like as if he had maybe a concussion or something. But uh, – he dusted himself off and got up, and, you know, he took his base. But uh, as he took first base, uh, he, he noticed that, that Caden was was just completely distraught to the point of tears. Right. So Isaiah walks over to him, and, you know, he consoles him, man. He gives him a hug. He, he embraces him and, and, and speaks some words to him, like, yo, man, I'm okay, man. You, you, you can continue playing, man. Like, and – uh you know, calm them down to where the to where to the point where they could uh, continue the game, man. It's sportsmanship like that, man. That's that's just it's great to see. Uh, yeah, I, I I saw that, and and you know what? In that moment, like for for the kid who got hit, uh, yeah. to to not have like such a a, a negative reaction, which he could have because he got hit in the head, like. Right. You know, and it did look bad. Like, the initial, like, when you see it, it's like you immediately think, oh, man, this kid is hurt bad because it was flush in the helmet. Yeah. And he sort of, it's almost, it was one of those things where, like, he was trying to turn out of the way, but he actually turned, he kind of turned into it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was amazing. That was amazing. He 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 literally walked over to the kid, you know, and and tried to give him some words of encouragement. Um, yeah, you love to see that. You you love to see that, especially especially at that level. Like, you know, That's I, what I, I was think, about to say. I think we as adults sometimes take things way more seriously than we should, because you look at these kids, you know after games, right? And yeah. win or lose, these kids interact with each other from I mean from opposite teams. These kids interact with each other like, yeah, whatever. You know, they want to <laughs> go have fun. They want to enjoy like they they want to, you know, talk to each other and exchange, you know, exchange like TikTok accounts. <laughs> right, you know what right. I mean? And, exactly and, and just yeah, and, and well yeah. what's your what's your what's your gamer handle? You know, these kids aren't taking these games serious. I saw it yesterday uh, when my son's uh, game was over. These kids just spent, like, a whole, like, almost two hours battling each other on the football field. And when the game was over, you know, they were kids again. Yeah. 
you know, I, I think sometimes we mess that up. We, we, we messed that up as adults. It's great to see kids show that kind of sportsmanship. Uh, I know if John was here, John would want to give his person, or in this case, people of the week, to Hawaii's Little League team, which advanced to the Little League World Series. Um, and, and you know what? Therein lies my thing of the week, the Little League World Series. Um, for me, it is what I would consider the end of summer event. And I, I sort of I sort of I sort of use sports to kind of mark out the, the yearly calendar as far as the seasons go. So it's like uh, when you get to the point where uh, the the Daytona five hundred happens in February, right? That's when you know spring is right around the corner. Right. And then right. when you get to uh, the the NBA and NHL playoffs starting, that's when, you know, summer is right around the corner. And then once you have the, the Little League World Series, that is when, you know, summer is almost over. And I know yeah. there are some people that say, OK, well, preseason football. No, for me, it's always been the Little League World Series because that is the time of the year when it starts to cool down a little bit. The sun starts going down a little bit earlier. And if you're outside on a good night and you catch that breeze, you get a little faint chill in the air. You know, almost like you, you almost have to put your hoodie on. We're not quite at hoodie season yet, right? Not that to the but, kids, but. <laughs> but. Oh, no, these kids nowadays, they wear hoodies in 100-degree weather. Uh, I was on vacation. Listen, I was on vacation. I seen a kid in a winter coat. Yeah, I see a, I see a dude in a bubble jacket the other day, like, man. That, that like, I, I don't get it. <laughs> like, so I, don't like it, man. I don't understand it either, man. Like, these kids, like, <laughs> these, these, some, these some new, new age kids, man. I, I don't get that. But then when you get to talking about, like, the basketball season restarting, yeah. That's when you know, like, winners, 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 right? So, I have no rooting interest in the Little League World Series. Uh, just, I'll, I'll check out some games. Should be pretty good. It always is every year. Um, I have that on my bucket list, too. I do want to uh, try to get up to Williamsport one summer just to take in a couple of those games up there. Yes, the Little League World Series is on my sports bucket list. <laughs> All right, well, let's close this thing out, and let's talk about the NFC North, and we will start at the top with the Green Bay Packers. The Packers finished 13-4 and last year. They were the number one seed in the NFC. They lost in the divisional round 13-10 to the 49ers. This is the second week in a row we've talked about the number one seed uh, in each conference, both lost their first game. Yeah. Which I, that's, that's almost unheard of, but here we are. The Packers uh, biggest addition in the off season was picking up wide receiver, Sammy Watkins. Of course, that means someone had to leave and their biggest departure was wide receiver Devonte Adams, who was traded to the Raiders. And I still don't understand that. 
I, 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 I don't understand it. I, I, I'm trying to. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, here's a guy who is, you know, when he's on top of his game, is one of the top five receivers in the league. And he has this connection with Aaron Rodgers and they just gone. I don't don't get it. That it reminds me reminds me of when on on the reverse of that the Raiders traded Khalil Mack away. Like, why would you do that? Yeah, I don't know. I'm baffled. So my one question uh, is: This Aaron Rodgers' last season in Green Bay? Um, no. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, like you're not sure. <laughs> like, like uh, I don't know. Aaron's unpredictable, man. I mean, he signed an extension, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> but it's like they go through this little trauma every year. I mean, he might just retire out of nowhere. Right. <laughs> He's been threatening to retire. And, I mean, if he if he demands a trade, I don't see how they don't acquiesce him. So it's, it's, it's really up in the air for me. I have no definitive answer for that. Okay. Uh, what is the Packers' toughest three-game stretch of the year? Um, man, the Packers, for a team that <laughs> that finished as the number one seed mm-hmm. in the in the conference, it got such a vanilla type schedule. It's hard for me to even find their toughest three uh game stretch, and it's going to sound unimpressive. Uh. Okay. Starting December the 19th, they have a home game against the Rams. Uh, and uh, then they play the Dolphins at the Dolphins. And then they come back home to play the Vikings. And, I mean, you look at those three games, it's kind of just like, well, okay, the Rams, obviously. But at at Miami, <laughs> in a home game against the Vikings, in a division that you've pretty much been owning the last few years. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, but those are the toughest three games I've seen in a row. Mm-hmm. They got well, some- I mean, I mean, the Dolphins aren't going to be, you know, they not, they aren't going to be pushovers. No, but, I mean, going to and Miami, you know going to Miami mm-hmm. late in the year seems like a a good break. <laughs> well, actually, see, and I, I think you may have missed the boat here because I, I, I see, I see a tough three game stretch for them, even though two of those games are at home. Yeah, I, th- I think you, I think you missed the boat here. Like you've, you've been really good. Like I, I tell you, you've been really good at this one. I think you missed the boat on this one. I do. I, I think I you missed the boat on this because you have. Uh, a Sunday, a Sunday afternoon game, November thirteenth against the Cowboys at home. Flip that to a quick turnaround on a Thursday night at home again, though, against the Tennessee Titans, and then yeah. coming to Philly on November twenty seventh. 
Now I did I looked at that stretch, but the part of that stretch is they get the cow the Cowboys and the Titans. They get them both at home. So, uh, I, I mean I I don't think I'm for, I'm for sure I for sure don't think that the Titans could could go in the the Lambo and beat them there. And oh, we're we're gonna revisit that one. Okay, we're gonna <laughs> revisit that one. <laughs> I wish Milton was on this one. I'm telling you, I wish Milton was on this one right here. Um, I think the Titans could go to Lambeau and get a win. They could, but I don't but see yeah, it. short and, week though. And, and, I got you. It is on this. It is on the short week though. That's the that's the one thing that you that you. Uh, do have a point about that mm-hmm. that that is the kicker but uh it's home games man home games in november in, in lambo man <laughs> you you can right. they like they they always shift for for the for the packers man they and you know how shaky the cowboys can be especially going right. to lambo well, they have a – and, again, I don't know – again, I don't know how tough of a stretch this is. They have another one. Uh, September 25th, they go to Tampa Bay. Uh, they get the Patriots at home, and then they have to go to London to face the Giants, but it's the Giants. It's the Giants. <laughs> yeah, it's the Giants. It's, it's such a weird place scheduling, like, with them. And it's like, eh, that's hard maybe, but – I mean, you you definitely have a point with with the other one, the uh, right. the, the the Cowboys, Titans, Eagles. It was kind of mm-hmm. a toss up between that and the games that I was in. And and the, the thing about that is, and I'm again, like I'm looking, and I, I tend to look at these while we're talking about it. Um, the, those the the two home games against Dallas and Tennessee come after uh, three straight road games. Okay, and here's the thing: like they're not road games against. Well, all of them are not tough road games because you get the Commanders on the 23rd of October, the Bills on October 30th, which to me is probably going to be. Uh, well, it is. It's it's the Sunday night football game, and oh, yeah, this is the- one of those. This is one of those. I have to be in front of my TV games. And then at the Lions, but again, it's it's the Lions, it's the and Lions. we'll get to the Lions. We'll get to the Lions <laughs> at the end of this. But um, let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings here uh, while we're on the subject. Uh, their biggest additions, or oh, they went eight and nine last year. Uh, their biggest additions, they picked up linebackers Jordan Hicks and Zadarius Smith. Uh, Zadarius Smith actually left the uh, Packers. Uh, their biggest departure was safety Xavier Woods, who is now a Carolina Panther. Uh, uh, one question on the Vikings. Uh, with the middle of the NFC so crowded, can the Vikings make a playoff run? Can they? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they can. <laughs> uh, I, think, uh, I think people kind of Forget about the Vikings with the way that the, the NFC was uh, shit so strong last year, mm-hmm. <laughs> and those teams that that were all kind of fighting for that for that last couple playoff spots. I mean, between the, the the Eagles and the Vikings who didn't make it, 
And uh, you also had uh, who am I trying to think of? Uh, the 49ers and mm-hmm. and the Cardinals. It's like it's a bunch of just scrappy teams that are all like about the same level and a couple of wins against the right teams here and there will will either get you in or knock you out. And the Vikings, I think uh they they, they didn't they play the Eagles last year? Uh they did not. They didn't? No. Okay, I thought they did, but uh two seasons ago. Maybe it was the 49ers they played, but they played against one of those teams and it, it, it went against them and that's kind of like the game that kept them out. So well if I'm looking at it right here. I'm looking at uh their their uh their games from last season. I don't they never really got any any traction going. They started off, they lost their first two games then they beat Seattle, then they lost again, and then they went on a two-game winning streak, then they lost two in a row, then they won two in a row, including beating the Packers, then they lost two in a row, including losing to the Lions. <laughs> oh, that is doing. Yeah, and then, and then they – but then here's the thing. They won two in a row, and then they lost two in a row. So, yeah, they just – they just – another one of those teams that they they couldn't quite get it together. Yeah, so it's like one of those type of days where, well, if they had beaten the Lions, maybe they hit, they get in, and it's like, why did you lose the Lions? But I think maybe right. they can sweep in this year if they if they especially if they stay healthy, especially if uh, uh, what's my man named? They running back, uh, Dalvin Cook. Cook, especially if mm-hmm. Cook stays healthy the whole year, uh, which he has a propensity to miss games, but if he can stay healthy the whole year. I think uh, they they have a chance, a good chance of, of getting in. Okay. And you might just run right into their toughest three-game stretch. All right. So starting at 11-13, November the 13th, at the Bills, then the home game versus the Cowboys, and a home game versus the Patriots. Mm. All right, let's talk about the Chicago Bears. They finished 6-11 and last year. Uh, their biggest addition was head coach Matt Eberflus, and I actually had to, like, look something up to make sure I pronounced his name right. Uh, their biggest addition. Every week we get hit with a new I get I get stuck with these, man. I, I do. I get stuck with these. And I, I, I had to actually go to his press conference to hear <laughs> Someone else pronounced his name because I, I knew I was going to get it wrong. <laughs> Say it one more time. Matt Eberflus. Eberflus. Okay. Flus. 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 Yeah, Flus. Yeah, it's right. Okay. Uh, their biggest departure was linebacker Khalil. Matt, uh, one question on the Bears. What are they doing? <laughs> I'm like, what are they doing? What is, what is going on in Chicago? I do not know. I mean, I'm 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 trying to understand it. I really am. I'm looking at it. Like they just seem like one of those teams that have like no sense of direction right now. Um they're they're kind of in this this middle ground of rebuilding. Yeah, like yeah. they have a couple of they have a couple of pieces, but 
none where you're like, okay, you know, they're they're gonna be in a in a in a playoff mix anytime soon. Yeah, they seem like they want to tear all the way down, but for whatever reason, they can't pull the trigger and actually. Yeah, I'm I'm I, I'm trying to understand what they got going on right now. I have no clue. Um, this is how many coaches in the last how many years? Like they they've been running through different coaches. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, they had Trubisky and Foles, and now mm-hmm. we're uh, Justin Fields. Like quarterback situations, they 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 traded for Khalil Mack. Thinking they're gonna bring back, you know, the, the identity of the Bears as we all always knew, you know, their defense. Right. But now then they turn around and trade him away. And like you said, they they, they like a, a dog chasing his tail. <laughs> yeah, they, they they have no idea what they're doing right now. It's even it's even possible that they're gonna leave Soldier Field and move to a different, you know a different stadium, like somewhere on the outskirts of Chicago. They may be like rebuilding Soldier Field from that location. Like organizationally, I have no idea what the Bears are doing right now. None. Yeah, it's bad. It's good. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine being a Bears fan right now. But let's talk about their toughest three game stretch of the year. Okay, uh, starting October 24th, I have at mm-hmm. the Patriots, then at the Cowboys, then versus the Dolphins. Okay. All right, and let's finish this, and we'll talk about the Detroit Lions, who finished 313-1 last year. Uh, their biggest addition was wide receiver DJ Chart. Uh, their biggest departure was linebacker Trey Flowers. Uh, really not much we can talk about as far as the Lions are concerned. My question is, how many wins will they get in 2022? More than the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, listen, uh, the Lions, the Lions are, the, uh, are the Hard Knocks team this year. Uh, I'm, int- I'm going to check that out. I usually try to watch Hard Knocks. Um, every Let's say year. Five. Let's say five. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't even. I don't even know if I can say five. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that's being that's being very very optimistic. Yeah. Um. B- besides the entire season, because I know <laughs> we could definitely do that with this team as well. Uh, give yeah. me the Lions' toughest three game stretch. Right. Before I say that, I, I was saying five because I just want them to win more than I did than they did last year. <laughs> but, oh man. Okay, so here's another one where, um, man, they have it could be four in a row because I, I just left off this game that they had against the Patriots. But I think that game become is uh, right before a bye week for them. Mm-hmm. So come come, come at off by week. They got uh, uh at the Cowboys, Cowboys, then the home game versus the Dolphins, then the game versus the Pack. All right. 
All right. Well, there is our look at the NFC North. Done for today's show. Uh, Sidel, anything you want to add before we get out of here? Mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> we talked about uh, the game and the no thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah, so, listen. I, I I think I think I'm gonna find a way uh we to to cut and 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 paste that out and and sit that to the side and have that be like one of our little bonus episodes. Okay, so yeah, go ahead and do that. That's it. Other than that, I don't have it. Okay. Um and and don't forget we're gonna have our uh our all time all NFL teams also coming up. Uh, so yeah. you guys stay, stay, stay tuned for that. Yeah, that's it. I don't have anything to add either. I guess we are done for the day. We will catch you guys next week where we will talk about the AFC and NFC West. Thank you for listening to the Threes on Fire podcast. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>